So Liverpool versus Bournemouth, uh, day after review. I'm Andy Kelly. I'm joined by Neil Jones, Ian Doyle and Christian Walsh from the Echo Sports team. Um, Neil, another three points for Liverpool, another 1-0, another clean sheet. Um, once again, it wasn't exactly impressive, but Brendan Rodgers won't be worried about that this morning. No, no, he won't. And a familiar, familiar sort of theme, isn't it? I can remember Liverpool starting with a couple of scratchy 1-0 wins a couple of seasons ago and going on a, a hell of a ride after that and I'm sure everyone will be hoping that it's, it's something similar this time around. A lot of similarities, I think they, they haven't played well in either of the two games in terms of a, the, the cohesion of the team and the, the passion and the, the attacking output but they've got the results and they've got the clean sheets as well which I think given that the, they had so many issues defensively last season I think that was an important thing. However they come about that they've, they're sort of getting that over my dead body sort of defending style going in all fairness, you know, for all that they didn't play particularly well, I don't think Stephen Manuelay was particularly overstressed last night. And you've got to take them positives from it. Six points and no goals conceded. In the other end of the pitch, obviously, uh, the match winner, uh, Banteke. Um, Liverpool paid a lot of money for him, but if he keeps being the difference between three points and one point, it will be money well spent, won't it? Well, that's it. I mean, it wasn't just the goal, it was just his overall play. He actually gave the attacker a focal point, which is something that he didn't have for a large point of last season. So, you know, Mario Balotelli was given a run long enough and he just couldn't provide that. But uh, Christian Benteke, in the, in, you know, in the first two games, has already shown that. I think uh, you know, sometimes you can tell that he hasn't quite got the relationship there yet because they've only played a couple of games. He's not been there very long. He did quite a few flick-ons to, to nobody or flick-ons to where players should have been, but that'll come over time. And certainly the you know the fans have warmed to him already. You know, he's got the goal in front of the cop, and you know everybody knows that if a striker can get off to a, a start like that with Liverpool, that he's usually going to be okay. Christian, the uh, one of the things that sort of struck me at the game last night was Liverpool's fullbacks, and uh, you know you've got uh, England international on one side there with Nathaniel Klein, Joe Gomez, an 18-year-old on on the other side. Both had their shaky moments, but. I felt that by the end of the game, both had sort of got uh, the better of, of, of what was a pacey Bournemouth attack down both sides. Yeah, I thought uh, first 20 minutes, both of them struggled really. Uh, you know, it, it didn't help that Bournemouth set up with basically an orthodox 4 4 2. And I think it was Richie and Gradle on the wings. And, the, you know, Gradle looking to impress on his debut. Richie, one of their best players in the Championship last season. But what impressed me, I suppose, with both of them was how they, they, they grew into the game. Gomez, especially with, you know, player of that, of that age, 18 years of age, he had what, what I like to call like a really good 10 minutes and just before half time, you know, it, it was looking like the, uh, it was looking like Richie was getting a lot, a lot, uh, a lot of uh, joy out of him and then he just sort of clicked and he was, uh, he was very, very good from that point on, went into half time, obviously he was buoyant by that and it was, it was, uh, it was a good second half for him. It, for Gomez, for me, his recovery pace is incredible. Sometimes his positional plays a little bit iffy, as you would expect, I suppose, from, from a player who a is that young and b doesn't normally play left back. You know, you got to remember this isn't his usual position. He's a centre back or a right back by trade. He's only played left back a couple of times, but such as his speed and his pace when he's on the back foot, he's he's a very hard player to get past. Klein is just he just seems everything that you know Johnson wasn't in those last six months of his Anfield career. Players can't get past them too too often, and after I'd say a shaky twenty minutes, he he, he also grew into the game. Was for me one of Liverpool's best performers. So 
you know, it, it, it's a world of difference from what they were doing last season. Where at the end of last season, when Emery Chan was right back and didn't have a hope really, defend against the likes of John Walters, and then an out of form, inconsistent Alberto Moreno. It's it, it's a really good platform, and you know, I think more than anything, the two fullbacks are helping those clean sheets. I think another point that's got to be made on Gomez is that he had Dejan Lovren to the to his you know he said he was the nearest centre back to him. And Lovren, you know, he he started the season okay, and he's everybody's favourite whipping boy. But something that I noticed is that Lovren was talking him through the game. Mm. He was telling him, you know, Christian picked up. Then there was, uh, you know, times where he was out of position, but Lovren was the one who was telling him to get back into position or telling him where to go. Also, I think also he, he was playing against a, a right foot, a right sided, left footed player, and Richie, so he was going to cut in and try and get shots off. So you want your defenders defend on his stronger foot, which is Gomez's right foot. So sort of made sense to play him there as well. I mean, there were some times where it's obvious that he's not left-footed, but, yeah. you know, he's playing out of position. He's, you know, he'd never played the Premier League before last week. So I think he's, he's, think he's done really well. Neil, we've come on to sort of Lovren uh, uh, there. Obviously, R- Brendan Rodgers made it clear that he's, his, he's you know, the centre-half roles is sort of his to lose, and he felt he's, you know, a more confident player this year after a decent pre-season. Um, once again, though, eyebrows will have been raised over the lack of Sacco on the bench. Uh, the bench, once again, was exactly the same as Stoke with no Sacco. Sacco was there last night. No thoughts this time on you know being a new dad and all that stuff. Um, he's got a lot of support out there, Sacco. Um, where does he stand now in, in this Liverpool squad? Yeah, I think I think there's a big question mark over him. I, I wrote actually after the Stoke game that he and Lucas both faced uncertainty over their futures because. Regardless of what you know was put out about he missed a few days training. If if Sacco was okay to travel to the Britannia, he was okay to be on the bench if needed, and he wasn't. Same, Lucas didn't even travel. Um, again last night wasn't wasn't featured in the squad. The stories of him going out on loan, I think there's no coincidence that they're appearing now. You know, I think it's out there that he's not first choice. He's out there that he's perhaps available, um, which won't please. Some Liverpool fans, it might please others, but I think he's got a job on his hands. A, a to convince the manager that he's good enough to play for Liverpool, rightly or wrongly. But I also think he he could be one that, if if Liverpool are looking to to get rid of a high end who isn't playing, I think he might be one that, that might be on the chopping block in the next couple of weeks, along with Lucas. I think a lot. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say quite young. High resale value yeah. still, for instance, international. You, you know, you think he's, he'll be on good money for a, for somebody who's not in the eighteen-man squad, and you, we all know what what you know Fenway will look at with wages, and we'll say, well, who's justifying the wage they're picking up? I mean, the question mark for me would be where Sacco to go, whether on loan or you know, as you say, a decent resale value. Um, where's the cover at centre half? We of course have Joe Gomez doing very well, and his future's very much seen at centre half, but yeah. it would be. You know the bedrock of any team for me is your centre half pair, and it's something that Liverpool have probably lacked for you know a couple of years. Um, Ian, who you know, if if Saka were to go, and you know, stress were a long way from seeing anything like that definitively. But you know, where where is your centre half cover coming from, or would Liverpool need to bring someone well, in? I'd be amazed if they got rid of him. I just can't see it myself. They're going to be playing 50, 60 games. So, and I know that Joe Gomez is a centre back by trade, but as we mentioned before, he's only just started at the top flight. 
there's no, you know, as you've said, there's been enough trouble with centre backs. No, so you, the last thing you want to do is give it full pressure and say, okay, you've had a few games out of position now, go back to your position, and you're the main centre back. Yeah. It's not, it's not inconceivable that Lovren could have an outrageous dip in form and become all of a sudden a player who's got to be dropped. You know, it's not like Lovren. He's had two games. That's it. Now you know he's fine. He could theoretically go back to the, the Lovren last season. The problem Liverpool have got with the centre backs is that other than Skirtle, they're not very reliable yet. In terms of Lovren's not reliable in terms of his form, and Saka's not reliable in terms of he plays ten games and he gets injured. And Colo Torre, you know, he's 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 past his best, but he's, he knows his fourth choice. He's there for the experience and to help them three as well. He'll play a few games, but he's not going to be somebody who's going to be starting every game. I think if Lovren suffers a dip in form and Skittle gets an injury and and Liverpool wait to to, to get Saka off the books, you know, you, you're looking at a, a, a back two of Torre and. Yeah. Well, there's a Lordy as well. Henry Chan possibly a centre back, but I mean, I suppose a Lordy's the interesting one. He's paid seven million for him <laughs> two years ago. I mean, I, I know he was carrying an injury towards the end of his uh, summer with Portugal in the European Championships in the 21s, but it just seems to have gone very, very quiet on him. He's been pictured in the train. He seems to be, you know, fit and, re- and ready to play, but he's just he's just not been seen or heard from. So. You know, it, I think the centre backs it's been a problem position for a while for Liverpool, both in terms of you know first teamers and and, and, and backup. So I think getting rid of Sacco, who while he is right in terms of injury, you know he's he's not he's not reliable injury wise, but at least he's played more than five Premier League games. And if, <laughs> so if, if if Brendan Rodgers is going to play away, play a style of football where he, he doesn't need Lucas Labour, a defensive midfielder then it puts more pressure on the two centre-backs to actually be very strong either on the ball or have a good relationship. And for that to happen, they have to be fit and informed because you don't pick players who are fit or not, not playing well. Well, listen, you mentioned Brendan Rodgers and style of football there. Um, we all heard Brendan Rodgers' press conference on, on Saturday and it was noticeable to me that um, you, you know he's very much seen as a sort of football and purist Rodgers, but this season he very much seems to have, um, if not a sort of a road to Damascus, um, conversion. He's he's sort of an all business Rogers, and is it down to the fact that you know he obviously came? Well, we all think he came relatively close to potentially you know ending his time at Liverpool at the end of last season. It seems to be about very much about you know he used the phrase finding a way to win and maybe playing a different way. Have you seen signs of that in, in the first couple of games? Well, he's always said that. Really, to be fair, he's always said it's a philosophy, not so much in terms of tactics or formation, but just the way he's supposed to play the game and approach it. But you know, if you're spending thirty-two and a half million on a, a on a striker who's, you know, his, his asset is his strength and he's able to play. He's very good on the on the. You know, he, as the cliche goes, he's got a great touch for a big man. But uh, if you've got that, well, why not use it? And it just gives Liverpool a bit of variety because if there's one thing that they were last season, they got found out in when it came to the big crunch games. You look at United and Arsenal; it was all very predictable. You knew they were going to play, and Arsenal, the better teams, Arsenal and United went. We're going to set our team up this way. United was the case in point. They just totally United, did a Liverpool got bullied at Anfield, exactly. didn't they? You know. Um. I, I think, I think, Brendan was spoiled in his first two years. He had Luis Suarez, and there's only one way to play. When you've got Luis Suarez in your team, you're not going to play long balls up to him. You're going to get everything trying to go through him, aren't you? And you know, even at Barcelona, we see that they, they, they play as much as they can to the front three as quickly as they can because that's that's where the quality is. I think last year, I think Brendan thought that he could get rid of Luis Suarez and still play in a similar sort of way. And I think he found out that when you have players who aren't anywhere near as good as him, you can't. And so, you 
you look around this summer and you say, well, who can you sign will replace Lewis Suarez? The answer is nobody. You know, so we'll play a different type of way. We'll play a, a, a more target man sort of style. I was interested. I heard one guy last night saying that he he was raving about Benteke winning a, a knockdown for Coutinho in the penalty area. And you think I've seen Andy Carroll do that <laughs> a while back, and he didn't seem too enamoured about that. So maybe there is an acceptance that I want it, I want everything to be perfect. But unless I've got the perfect team, I can't. It can't be perfect. So I need to you know cut me clock. I think people might be doing Benteke a bit of a disservice because he's not like Andy Carroll. He can actually stretch defences with his pace, which is something else that yeah, he's not your typical no, target. I'm not saying yeah, yeah. He's not a typical target man, and that's why he offers something different. I mean, if he keeps getting the goals, then no one would be talking about his transfer fee. After the game as well, Rogers was stressing, sort of, I know it's an oft-used word, but <coughs> the mentality of the side. He, he was keen to sort of say how you know Bournemouth did give them a really shaky opening twenty. But he, and then he used words like obviously character and steel and determination and and, and it, it basically the, the overriding point was that you know the players that he's brought in have made him a bit of a stronger metal than the ones that he brought in last season. So I think he's thinking of the likes of Ben Teke and the likes of James Milner, the likes of Nathaniel Klein that are obviously contributing not just sort of on the pitch with the feet but also what they bring in in terms of mentality. And I think that was obviously something that he he's wanted to fix this summer because. By the end of last season, the confidence was shot and, and, and they looked like shadows of the players that they could be. In Arsenal on the horizon, um, only downside to last night was obviously the sight of the captain, uh, Jordan Henderson, limping off after 50 odd minutes uh, with a foot injury, scanned today. Uh, we wait to find out the results of that. But I just wonder how you thought the shape of this Liverpool side is at the moment. Uh, it's lack fluidity through the midfield, I think that's fair to say. Is that down to shape, do you think, or is that down to um, new players bedding in a lack of understanding and something that Rogers referred to, which was sort of fitness levels and being able to get around the park and link up that way? I think it's down to the players all wanting to play in the same positions. There's an awful lot of players who prefer to play in the middle, and they all, certainly in midfield, and they all kind of gravitate towards that. You know, I, I'm, For a lot of the game on, uh, on last night, they were basically played with no right winger. It was just climb, was just being asked to bomb on, and everybody kind of shif- shifted across to the left. Whether that was something that Brendan wanted, I don't know, but that's just how you know, all the players wanted to go into the middle and pass it through. And I think that's just, you know, that, that's the team that he's picked. You know, you can ask Coutinho to go out wide or whatever, but he always wants to go in the middle. So does Lana. You know, Milner's, you know, he's supposed to be playing in the middle. Henderson's in the middle. There's four straight off. They can't all play there. So that's maybe just something that'll sort itself out. I mean, it's early days, but I'd be, for example, I'd be amazed if this team that's playing now is the Liverpool team that's playing in six weeks. John, the Arsenal on the rise, and I'll, I'll ask you about Henderson, because Doherty doesn't want to talk about it. You know, it, a tough game to go to Emirates. We all know what happened there last year. They had a shaky start, um, but obviously I think Load of sides will go to Crystal Palace and not win this year. Uh, Arsenal have done that, sort of, uh, and they'll be looking to kick on again uh, when the Reds come to town on Monday. Yeah, definitely. They they absolutely battered Liverpool last season. Didn't they? I remember the first 10, 15 minutes at the Emirates, and Liverpool could have been three down, and then they sort of weathered it, missed that sitter with Markovic and Sterling, Sterling wasn't it? And then all of a sudden it went bang, 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 and it was 3 0 at half time, and you thought, Arsenal probably deserved that, but they didn't deserve it in the time they actually got the goal. They deserved it for the start. Liverpool, <coughs> I think, I 
think they had the back three then Vittori played and Lovren perhaps played and if they were they were, they were nowhere near up for it defensively Arsenal were too too quick forward and too sharp and there were signs against Palace that they're they're at their sort of level of um, of finding that little rhythm with Ozil and Sanchez and Giroud and you know, Ramsey in behind and I think if they if they do click I think they'll be coming in for a really tough game because they'll they'll get dragged they'll they'll pick up the space in the lines between midfield and defence and that, that can punish you. Henderson Henderson played on the right in that game by the way at the Emirates the four yeah. one game he was playing on the right so he wasn't even in the middle I think Lucas played and yeah, John, I can't remember yeah John that was it John was in the middle yeah so going back to your point about Henderson I think I'd have missed him well if he doesn't play he wasn't playing his normal position last time they played them anyway and he ended up four one so maybe that's a little bit of a sign. Who got the goal? You know, Liverpool made the Arsenal look like the Liverpool of 2013-14 in that game. And like, you know, it might be doing Arsenal a bit of a disservice, but they, they were so good. The only difference was to the 5-1, for example, at Anfield was that Arsenal didn't score four in 20 minutes, but they got three in, in 45. Uh, that, that, that's what Arsenal are capable of, and you know, there's glimpses of it uh, with Arsenal. And uh, even even the first sort of 15-20 at Palace, they were. I think as well. I think I'll be interested, but I know he got a good goal the weekend. But I don't think they'll put Giroud Arsenal on, on Monday. I think they'll play Walcott, and I think that's that's one thing that Liverpool haven't had yet. They haven't had they've had Juve and they've had Wilson and King, who are sort of green, sort of you know inexperienced Premier League players. They haven't had that absolute seer and pace and you know fear factor of, of a striker really that you think if I make a slip here, I'm, you know it's a goal. That'll be the test. I, I think I'd expect to see him, and maybe even Oxlade, um, on the right up against up against Gomez, and sort of Arsenal use the pace rather than rather than power. In the Arsenal will always let you play because they'll they'll they'll, they'll go for you know play very positively, and there's always chances on the break. But it, offered to him now, do you think Brendan Rodgers would happily take a point and get back to Anfield and uh, kick on against West Ham the following week? Yeah. We can't say better than that. Um, so, uh, Christian, and further to add on Arsenal? No. <laughs> John Henderson. Uh, I completely agree with, with uh, Doyle. It's, it's, uh, I think Brendan Rodgers would snatch a point right now with all about Henderson. It's, uh, it's a sort of game where I think you will see someone like the, the worth of Ben Teke because he's yeah. gonna have to, that ball's going to have to stick up top with him. He's going to have to bring others into play. He's going to have to lead the line all on his own. Coutinho's going to be very, very uh, isolated. Uh, and so probably, you know, whoever, Firmino, Idol, Arne, whoever plays um, out wide as well. So it's going to be, an, um, you know, Benteke has got, to, has got to do a lot. He's got to, you know, what is it, plough a loan? Loan for him. Oh, yeah. It's the cliche. Plough a loan for him. And, um, you know, for 32.5 million, this is, this is the sort of game where he should excel. I actually think it might be a game where Coutinho might come to the fore. I know he's been a bit off colour. He scored a great goal against Stoke, but he's been dub- man marked, you know, double marked on both two games. Can't say Arsenal doing that. Because as you say, Arsenal just let you play, so it might be a chance for him to do. Yeah, yeah, so we take a point. We'd love a win. We'd leave that point about the Coutinho's right wing position hanging for next time. And uh, but two point two wins out of uh, two six points in the bag for now, and we'll kick on to the Emirates next week. Thanks for listening.
Wie had dat gedacht? Van shoppen in Milaan naar achter de koopjes aan. <laughs> Gelukkig heeft Telford smart pakkers. Niet het laatste model telefoon, maar wel de beste prijs. <laughs> dat is toch genieten? Geniet ook zonder te veel te betalen met Telford Smart Packers. Zoals de Samsung Galaxy S7 met 1 gig en 150 minuten. Nu voor maar 26,50 euro per maand. Doe je voordeel mee, Telford. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.